This week on the show, I interviewed Aaron DJ. If you missed the last episode, he actually partnered with Carlos Salguero to buy the Gateways Village in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. It's a twenty, roughly $20 million mixed-use property, beautiful Class A asset, and in this episode, Aaron's going to be walking us through how he met Carlos and the rest of the team, and how he proved to the team that he was able to perform and that they should bring him on. So without further ado, let's get right into it. Aaron, thanks for coming on the show today. Yeah, of course. Thank you so much for having me. We met a few months ago at the Greg Cardone Real Estate Investors Summit where there were about 2,000 of us, and somehow through all of it, we got connected, surprisingly after the event too. Um, for the viewers at home who don't know you, can you give us a quick background of, a quick intro into your background and what really got you into real estate? Yeah, for sure. So I'm based in the nice cold state of Michigan, and I'm in Grand Rapids. And I kind of grew up in the real estate realm of things. And I grew up helping my dad manage and do all the cleaning and all the not fun stuff on his properties. So through that, I kind of got the picture of the management side of things and really decided that I didn't want anything to do with it, quite frankly. And so I decided to go off to college and I just figured I would get a nine to five and kind of plug it at that and then retire. And real estate kind of left my train of thought until I hit my first year of college and kind of realized what it would actually be like if I went that route, got a nine to five and just worked for someone else, got no equity, had to trade my time for money every single day. And then um, I listened to the book that everyone talks about, but Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And that really did open my eyes to the different alternatives that there are out there in terms of how you spend your time, how you spend your money and accumulating assets. So rather than you continually trading your time for money, you have assets that you've purchased with your hard-earned money and they continue to pay you. So that was kind of the mindset turning point for myself. And after that, I decided to um, step away from college and pursue multifamily, not specifically multifamily yet. This was actually um, a point where I was still wanting to pursue real estate, but I was only ever exposed to the single family side of things. So that's kind of, that was my game plan going out of college. That must've been a little scary for you, right? To sort of uh, throw away your college career for a chance at op- entrepreneurship. I mean, you're not guaranteed success, right? So what really, what pushed you in? Do you ever regret making that decision? For sure. Um, Not on the regret part, but it was definitely (laughs) the scary part um, of stepping away because both of my parents went to college. But I knew that if I put in the work and put in the work of education and just put in longer hours to try to um, figure it out, because my dad had a degree um, in theology, actually, he was a pastor. And he ended up stepping away from that career to pursue real estate. So I knew there was the possibility and not necessarily the need for a college degree in order to be successful in real estate, but I was not sure what those steps would look like. Interesting. Yeah. So it actually sounds like you're making great progress already. And how old are you, by the way? I am 21 now. 21, same age as me. So You're a little farther ahead of me on the real estate front, though. Um, 
I believe about a month or two ago, you closed on your first property, the Gateway Village in Tennessee. Can you yeah, tell us? so we actually, sorry, finish your question. Uh, yeah, no worries. Can you just tell us about what was the process like with that? Yeah, so we're going to be closing in January. Actually, our closing was delayed, but yeah, it's a super, super exciting property and it has some quirks and that's kind of why a lot of people had passed on it. Um, but the, as far as the advertising of the property goes, the previous owner did not do anything for advertising. He had listed it himself on Crexy. And with the commercial side of it, since it is a mixed use, it has a ground floor of commercial and above that is residential. But going with that, he did not advertise the commercial space at all. So that's 60% vacant. And I think that scared away a lot of buyers. Um, but thankfully, Carlos is the one who pursued this deal very heavily, but he saw the opportunity there and saw that there was a lack um, not in the asset itself, but just the way it was being managed. Right. And for those of you who um, missed the last episode, Aaron actually partnered with Sar Carlos Salguero on this deal. And um, yeah, they're making it happen together. So what's really your value add to the team? I mean, why did Carlos and the others want to partner with you in the first place? Yeah, that's a very, very good question. And it's kind of funny how it worked out for me anyway, because I had been doing the management aspect with my dad growing up and I strongly disliked it. But ironically, that is actually what allowed me to be a partner in this deal is because for one, I had some of that management experience from my background, but they also want someone on site at the property to help make sure that the tenants are getting top of the line service. So Carlos actually called me Oh, I want to say two or three months ago now and said, Hey, you know, we're closing on this property in Tennessee. Would you have any interest in moving to the property and then being a partner on the deal? And I said, absolutely. When, when do I need to move? So for me, that was super humbling, but just kind of funny and ironic how that played out because I did not have any interest or enjoyment in the management growing up, but it's cool how that provided an opportunity for me. Yeah, that's interesting. Yes. Anything you could do to really get your foot in the door and provide value. Uh, that's something I talk about a lot on this show is that you have to figure out something, some way that you can provide value for other people, um, especially if you're so young um, and just getting into the field as well. There's so many more experienced people out there and you need some way, something that sets you apart from the rest. So if you don't mind me asking, of course, you don't have to answer this. How much money yes. did you put into the deal? So I ended up putting all my spare cash into the deal, which came out to about $20,000. Let's say you didn't have that much capital. Maybe you just had five, 10 grand. Do you think with your skills with property management that you still would have been able to be an asset to the team as well? I would say, um, yes, I would say the money that I'm putting in is not necessarily as important as my willingness to move to the property because I don't think I necessarily needed to put any money in as an LP. They just wanted me to move to the property and help manage it and help work around the turnovers and filling up that commercial space. Yeah. So I attended your webinar where you and the rest of the team are on it to really explain the game plan with the gateway village. 
Um, as you said earlier, it was 60% occupied and your plan is to attract more high quality tenants. Can you walk us through what's your, what, are, what steps are you going to take once you acquire the property? Um, I know retail is something really foreign to a lot of people out there. So what's really your plan? Yeah, so we're going to be targeting financial institutions and some medical tenants. And we've kind of actually already started to front run that, um, doing a bunch of cold calling and just reaching out to people in our network to see if they want to add a location to their franchise or whatever businesses they have. Um, but we're kind of looking to add a variety of people in there. So the medical, financial, a couple um, food shops, like a pizza shop, an ice cream shop, just so we have that variety and diversity. Um, but before closing, we're, we already have maybe 50% of the possible open units. There's heavily interested people looking into those. So I don't think we're going to have any issues leasing that up at all. And then with talking with management companies that we've been interviewing, they're saying that we should be able to lease it up within 12 months. Yeah, it sounds like you guys have um, what we like to call a screamer of a deal, just a deal that's just there's so much upside. You could really you could really um, realize in the property that the previous owner didn't. And why do you think that is that the previous owner like there's all this value just here on the table that the previous owner could have gotten. Why do you think you guys were able to realize the value where other groups probably weren't able to? Yeah, for sure. Um, so it's kind of interesting, but the previous owner was actually the developer of the property. He's an amazing guy, super humble, God-fearing man. So it was cool to get to meet him when we went down there to visit the property. But his main business is developing and leasing out industrial land. So that's kind of his, that's what he does day in and day out. Um, and he built this property and he built himself a custom penthouse in it. So that was kind of his main reason for building it. And then his plan was to sell off the units. Um, but people ended up coming to him and saying, hey, can we lease out one of these residential units, one of these commercial units? So the way it's organized is pretty hodgepodge, like, oh, I like you, and it's a different day of the week, so we'll write up this lease differently. So there's not a lot of structure there. So I guess in terms of why there's so much value there is he, he has his main business he's focusing on, and he doesn't really understand the operations of multifamily. Um, he's not as familiar with it. It's not his main thing. And he has plenty of cash flow from all his industrial property. So it's not a priority for him to fill up this property because he's already getting cash flow from it. Um, so I think that's where a lot of the value is. And then a lot of other groups might have seen the disorganized leases and that scared him off or the 60% vacancy scared him off. Yeah. I know for me, since I've been, I'm working in the industry as well and Really finding just the perfect deal, it's so hard. You really have to look under every rock, ask every person you meet, and really underwrite everything until you find that really good deal. And, you know, sometimes it's hard to find. Maybe you won't find it, but it seemed like in your case, you guys really found a quality asset with tons of upside and really put, put the team together to take it down. Can you tell us what events led up 
to you partnering with these people? I'm assuming you didn't know them very long before and you guys recently came together. Where did you meet these people and how do you think others can find partners to do real estate deals with? Yeah, that's a fantastic question and something that I was wondering about very heavily before I kind of met these people, got connected with the community. So um, I ended up meeting Carlos and a couple of the other guys, Sal and James at Grant Cardone's Real Estate Mastermind. And that's where I first connected with them. Um, but I ended up joining Grant Cardone's Platinum Real Estate Club. And that's where we have weekly meetings and we continually have in-person events as well. So at one of these events, um, it was like the last morning before people started flying out. But as it happened, Carlos and I, and then a small group of people were all working out in the same weight room. So that's really where I got to talk to him personally um, within a smaller group of people, because at the events, there's so many people there and there's just a lot going on. So that's really where I got to build that or begin that relationship with him. Um, and I kind of just pitched myself on, hey, this is kind of where I'm at. I'm kind of looking for what's next. I love real estate. I have a management background. I'm willing to move. I'm hungry pretty much. So if there's any anything you need help with, any opportunity, um, you can just let me know. I'm, I'm ready to help. And through that, I actually, he reached out to me and I started helping him with some sales stuff for one of his other businesses. And that way, my whole goal with that was just to prove that I was willing to work hard, that I was willing to do whatever it takes. And I think just having my name constantly come up in that other thing, as soon as this opportunity came up where they're like, oh, we want someone on site, who do we know? I think that's kind of what allowed me to come to mind. Um, so I guess the biggest things for people that are looking to partner with people and looking for how to build those relationships, I would say go out there, put yourself out of your comfort zone to one, meet those people. And then the second part is just be consistent. I think consistency and just continuously showing up to make sure you're top of mind or you, you present yourself as trustworthy and you are trustworthy. Those are going to be some of the top things for you. During my conversation with Carlos, one of the things he said was that when he's looking for partners, he always gives them, he does two things. He tells them his long-term vision for whatever project he's working on. And he also gives them a small task to do and to see if they could not necessarily perform the task successfully, but if they're able to ask questions and show the drive and willingness to do it. When Carlos first presented that, I'm sure it felt like it wouldn't have led to all this. What really made you, what made you interested in actually doing Carlos's tasks for him and building the relationship with him? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I would say, well, in, within the real estate group, he had made it very clear what his goals were for real estate and multifamily and kind of what his long-term plan was. So he did a really good job laying out, Hey, this is what I plan to do. And I'm going to go after it hundred percent. So for me, even though it, uh, initially it was not a, Hey, I want you to help with this real estate stuff. And that was my passion. He said, Hey, I got the sales stuff. And for me, it was really just a way to get closer and kind of get into more, more of that intimate circle. Like, Hey, 
I'm, I'm moving closer to Carlos. I'm helping him with some other stuff. Even if he doesn't even talk to me every day, see me every day, I'm getting my name out there and getting closer. So I guess just the opportunity to move closer in that relationship is kind of where I saw the opportunity there. And I did not, I did not think it would happen as fast as it did. I was thinking six months to a year or somewhere in there. So extremely blessed and thankful for the opportunities that have come out of that. So what are your future plans for real estate? I know you're managing the gateway village and it's, I believe it's all the way in Tennessee. So can you really manage more properties unless they're it's still in the same area? And what's really your plan to scale for your own personal investments? Right. So going off the first part, I mean, my plan is to scale and continue to add value to the CS3 investment group as I can, whether that's cold calling or helping oversee managers, um, adding the most value is kind of my game plan for that. And as far as my personal goals for investments is just to continue to pile my money into assets that pay me rather than me going out and working for money. So just to continually partner on deals, whether that's as a GP or coming in as an LP, just putting my money to work for me. Those are kind of my overall plans. Right. And what advice would you have out there for someone, maybe they're um, 18, 19 or in their early 20s? What advice would you give to someone who wants to acquire these assets and do bigger deals? I would say, first of all, you are, you are looking at the right thing if you're looking into real estate as you're 18, 19, 20. It's a fantastic thing to look at and educate yourself on. Um, so I'd say that is one of the biggest things is education, listening to podcasts like this one on different people's perspectives, because everyone has their own story. Everyone has different situations in their life. So listening to different stories from different people is a huge one. But I would say just getting to know the business, um, making yourself familiar with terminology, reading different books, listening to YouTube by bigger pockets they have a multifamily mentor show grant cardone joe fairless there's a lot of resources out there and just getting that repetition of the different words that are used in the business and the different terms different strategies um just making yourself familiar so that education piece and this was the hardest one for me because i'm actually an introvert and i don't like talking to people but networking is huge and it's everything, especially when you get into bigger deals. The reality is it's one of the benefits of the bigger deals is you need a team to do the deal. So I would not, I would not have gotten into this deal if it wasn't a bigger deal, because once you get bigger, you can afford to have someone go on site. You need someone for investor relations. There's different aspects that need to be taken care of. If you have a bigger deal, you're going to be able to bring in other 10x like-minded people that want to grow and build your team. Great. Thanks so much for, for giving that answer. And who would you, would you say you have a lot of mentors in your life who have helped guide you along the way? For sure. For sure. I would definitely, I'm extremely thankful for all of them because I would not be where I am without them. Um, so I'd say first and foremost, um, biggest one for me is my dad. And just his example of showing that you can be an entrepreneur, you can change the direction of your life and be successful 
even when it's scary, even when you have a family. Um, so just his example of taking that risk and doing that is just an awesome thing to look up to. And there's a lot of people indirectly who have been mentors to me, people I've listened to on podcasts, I've read their books, and just even talking to people, maybe having one conversation, they share one piece of insight, and it's like, whoa, that's transformative. So kind of going back to that networking piece, always be networking and just continue to educate every single day. Great. Well, Aaron, I want to thank you so much for coming on and sharing your wisdom with the group. Uh, what final thoughts do you have and how can listeners learn more about you? Yeah, so final thoughts are just, I think I'll touch on being uh, consistent. I've just found that's been so huge for me. And I just want to encourage other people that maybe haven't quite gotten that break yet or quite gotten the results yet to just continually, no matter what it is, take that next action step every day. Maybe you just need a break and you just got to read or listen to a podcast, but always keep moving, have that momentum and just seek to make your life better by putting that effort in, but also look to help other people along the way as well. So that is my biggest goal and ultimately is to help other people and bring them along. So people have questions or anything like that. They're more than welcome to reach out to me. And what's the best way to find you? Yeah. So I'm on Instagram, Aaron.dj. That's A-A-R-O-N dot D-E-J-A. I'm on Facebook. And those are probably the two best ways to reach me. Great. Thanks so much. And that'll be in the description for anyone who missed that. Thanks so much, Aaron. And keep crushing it. Yeah, Jalen. Thanks for having me, man. You're an absolute beast.